Hey everybody, Michael June here with Game Changers for Government Contractors. I've got Ashley Duell here with me today, and Ashley is going to be talking about productivity tools and automation. Probably going to focus a lot on the automation side. Before we dive into that, Ashley, why don't you take a minute, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. My name is Ashley Duell. I'm a federal sales strategist and a CEO and founder of Duell Dev LLC. Started out as a consultant. I've been in the space for a little over 13 years now. I've helped over 500 companies win over $100 million in contracts. Around about 2021, 2022, I saw an increase in sort of a need for my small business audience and entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, to save time in their procurement strategy. So so more and more have been implementing these solutions. I've gotten really comfortable with saving time. I kind of learned it because I had to. And here we are today talking yeah. about Nice. And we've had several discussions about automation and tools and uh, pros and cons and ones we love and ones we mm-hmm. hate and all that kind of stuff. And so I thought that would be a really great podcast to come on here and just talk about. Why don't we start off with probably the most obvious question. What are some of your favorite productivity tools? Well, I'll have to say that my top number one and all of the rest of them seem to stem from my using number one would absolutely be monday.com. I say this coming from someone who has used just about every CRM that is Mm. out there on the market. I have tried HubSpot. I've tried Zoho. I've tried Insightly. I've had paid versions, free versions, even the Gmail CRM. And I have to say, after using all those, I always come back to Monday. I just figure I'm going to build my CRM on that platform and automate it. Now I've got my whole sales process, marketing process, HR, everything is sort of in one place. So that definitely helps me keep my sanity. A lot of people, that's probably their biggest complaint is I've got all these tools. They either don't talk to each other or they don't know that they talk to each other. You know, I'm managing this process over here and this process over here. And so the ability to do more with less, you know, and having just one or two tools instead of 15 or whatever it is, is a big deal. I know when Josh and I do strategy meetings, usually probably once every other year or so when we sit down, we'll say, what tools are we using today? Let's just run real quick. Mm-hmm. Just to see if there's anything new, anything we can get rid of. Because at even a few hundred dollars a pop, next thing you know, you've got a few thousand dollars invested in all these tools. And are we really using that tool or this tool? And, you know, Hootsuite's the one that I'm going to come out and say has really, what's the best way to say? They've really ticked off the market in the last few months of, I don't know when people are going to listen to this podcast, but we're recording here in April. And I remember earlier, probably about a month or so, I got an email saying, Hey, we're more than doubling the price. That was number one. And there's no new features. Now we're just going to double it. You know, and I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, they didn't say there was no new features, but I've been looking like and there was nothing. Yeah. People have challenges with tools like that where prices are going up. There's no new features. They're getting less done. I remember when Zoho rolled out a handful of different levels, they actually hid Mm -hmm. the free version. So you had to literally Google Zoho free CRM and you'd find it hidden on a page somewhere. You know, they just didn't want to advertise. There was a little bitty link, you know, underneath all their other stuff. Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever going to need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. 
with so many options, where does someone start with this stuff on implementing productivity automation tools? Where do they even start? Well, I have to say, like you mentioned, reviewing what you're currently using, what is saving you time and producing a return on your investment and what maybe not so much. So what I like most about Monday is that it integrates with literally everything I use. And if there's not a native direct integration in the platform, and this is coming from someone who is not a developer, just full disclosure, I am not an IT guru by any means. I didn't even know what automation was until I became Monday certified. My point to that is to say that no matter what you're currently using, whether it's HubSpot, if you're using Trello for project management, your Gmail, your Outlook, all of those have native integrations with Monday.com. And then what I can integrate with Monday, I can always pull in, which would bring me to my number two favorite solution, Zapier. Zapier is a third party connecting tool, which primarily uses the APIs to perform actions or results from an action. From that, I connect my Calendly. I connect literally everything. So I've completely automated my sales process. And as far as the marketing process goes, Canva would be what I would use instead of Hootsuite to get everything scheduled. There are now becoming integrations between Monday and Canva, which is still a work in progress. But I would say the best first step is to analyze what you're already using. What do you absolutely need? And of those that are like a maybe, maybe there's another solution or you can replace Monday with it completely. So with the release of the docs version and the CRM capabilities, it's eliminated my need for any word. I prefer to doing my guides and documents in monday.com just so that I can quickly connect them with columns. So I would say for each department, look at your process and it depends on what you want to use it for. So for client projects, each of my projects has a defined clear set of steps. They all come into the same board and then we as a team remotely just work through those steps. I would say definitely have yourself kind of a roadmap. Start with the most important processes in your business. Obviously sales process would be one that I would start with straight away and also explore the integration integrations so that you're not doing more work than you have to do, right? Option A would be completely redoing a process in monday.com where option B would just be integrating the process I already have set up over here. It's not going to lead to any extra cost other than the Monday subscription that I'm already using. Integration is a lot easier than sort of reinventing the wheel in a new system. And that's what a lot of folks have a challenge is getting themselves in the habit of using a new system and not reverting back to their old ways, essentially. How important is it to have your processes mapped out before jumping into the tools? I would say absolutely one of the most important parts, because if you're jumping into the tool and you don't have the process mapped out, the chances are is you're not getting that time savings that encourage you to purchase the tool in the first place. You know, you're kind of figuring out as you go, you're inconsistent in your business process. And for you to be able to teach others, there needs to be an element of consistency. For example, for every board, I have a process document that's right there in Monday that explains what happens on the board and when. So that way, if I hire a new team member, they can immediately take that process doc and kind of work through what the process looks like with the training video included. It took me three years to get here working alone, building it, but it's definitely something I'm proud of. Do you have any tips for people for mapping out their processes? Spend enough time on this because I think it's important. It's so pivotal. You're going to design around the process, but I can't tell you how often I talk to some people and I'll say, well, well, tell me your process for whatever. And they'll give me like three steps. And I'm like, so you're telling me nothing happens between step one and two and two and three? Well, no, there's like eight things that happen. Why isn't that in your process? I don't know. They haven't documented it. It seems like 
there is a struggle for the average person to map this out. So I don't know if you have some tips or if you would use one of the tools to do it or a whiteboard. What's your philosophy on how to map these out? Well, everybody's different, but I actually was challenged with the same thing. When I first started, I wanted to hire on a virtual assistant. I was interviewing agencies and they're like, well, do you have a process? Well, no, I don't have a process. It's all in my head. So I too had to get myself in the habit. And the advice that was given to me, I'll pass on to the audience because it definitely worked. I'll throw another tool at you, Loom, loom loom.com. You can record a video of yourself performing that process. Every time you click your mouse, that's a step in the process. So, you know, if you're doing something online, you know, that's administrative work or same concept applies. If it's a physical process, record yourself doing it and then maybe have a third party, like a virtual assistant or a team member, put it into words, somebody that understands the work that you're doing if you're not going to do it yourself. But essentially there should be a step-by-step and then you utilize that step-by-step and provide it to someone like myself or someone that's going to help you sort of automate your process in your system and say, here's what I need to happen and when and assign time frames to those steps. For example, is step number two contingent upon A and should it happen a certain time frame after the first step does? Those details are important, but really it's only three data points you got to collect for every step. That's awesome. I just downloaded, it's either a plugin or maybe it's creating an account on a website. I can't remember what it is. I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. But if you reach out to me and ask the question, I will find it for you. This tool where you basically, you turn it on and you do whatever it is you're doing on your desktop and it records it, but then it actually creates the Word document for you. It literally does, hey, open this folder, click this thing, do this. Or like if you're on a website and you're doing something, thing. It'll literally record all of your movements and then type it out for you so that you just have to go back and make some short edits to it. And I was like, that's phenomenal. You know, that is impressive. I would be very, very apt to try it out. Yeah. I, again, I don't remember what it is, but by the time somebody hears this and contacts me, I'll have found it and know the answer for it. And I'll get it to you after the podcast here today. Yes, please. That'd be great. I'm always looking for anything that can make my life easier or faster. So these are all good. It seems like it's really important to get granular with the processes. That's one takeaway that I just heard as you were talking about it. But you mentioned something else there that I think is important about breaking old habits. Do you have tips for people on how to break those old habits? Because I think for me in organizations I've been a part of, the biggest challenge I see is adoption where you bring in a new tool, regardless of what it is, it does all these cool things, but the old habit is you were doing it in a spreadsheet. So somebody just sneaks off and does it in the spreadsheet, or they don't use the tool as they're using those old habits. Any thoughts on how people can break some of these old habits? I've definitely come across that multiple times. In some cases, I was successful. In some cases, I failed epically on on getting the client to break their old habits. But essentially, anything in a spreadsheet can be replicated in the system in Monday. If you're not committed to learning that new tool, or if you don't give yourself enough lead time before implementation, then you're likely going to fall back in those same old habits because you're in a hurry and you're going to do what you know. So I would definitely say take three months, maybe even six months prior to the actual implementation and make sure that you iron these processes out and automate them. The moment you see how much time you're saving, you're going to be bought in and you're not going to want to go back to the old process. 
it took me a couple tries of doing that. And I literally now today sit with my tab open on my computer. I quickly know where to find everything. I'm not as overwhelmed as I was in the beginning because it's very easy to do that. If you've been in business for 10, 20 years, spreadsheets have been your primary function. It's going to be hard to not open that spreadsheet and go straight to a URL. Setting reminders also works. Integrating your tool with your calendar. If you're used to using your calendar, having that integration will allow you to work from your calendar, click a link and go straight to that project or that task or that item, whatever was synced. I would also say second to that would be know the capabilities that the system has. Because if you're not aware what the system does and what the full potential is, you're probably spending more time on a current process when it could be automated. Definitely give yourself that exploration time. That's really good advice. To your point there about knowing the capabilities, I think that's a really good time to bring in a consultant. Even if you just hire them for one afternoon to sit down with you and say, here's everything we're doing. How much of this can be done in the tool? It's surprising once you start seeing what tools are out there and what the capabilities of things are, how you can take a process that used to take two hours and now do it in five minutes or 20 minutes. How many of those things in your life are like that? Drives me nuts when I'm dealing with somebody and we're trying to schedule a meeting and they're going back and forth with me with their assistant. I'm like, so you're telling me this is all this person is good at? It's a worse experience than just, here's a link to my calendar, grab a time. How hard is that? And now your assistant can be doing something valuable versus sending six emails and taking four, five, six days to sort out a time. I usually tell people, look, if you're going to take that long to get on my calendar, my calendar's already changed. And that's why I'm like, here's the link. Go grab it based on there because that's live versus me saying, well, I got time on Monday the 5th and whatever, right? I've just found there's a lot of things in my life like that where it's like, I'm doing it the hard way because I don't know any better and I don't know there's a tool or or, that's most of us, right? I mean, unless you're in the tech industry, it's hard to keep up with all the tools that are out there. I've definitely learned to have my finger on the pulse of that side of things simply because, I mean, government contracting is not a short process. It's going to look different for everybody. I have clients that come to me and say, I need help setting up a pipeline or I need help doing this one simple task. And really it might be that one task and we could accomplish that one task, but there are so many other areas areas where they're spending more time than they should. You kind of have to show them the light in order for them to say, oh, whoa, you're right. I am spending way too much time on this area too. So then we work on the next process. Don't try to do it all at once. You know, one department at a time, I always say. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads into one of my last questions for us here. You mentioned a bunch of these little things here, but what would you say are probably your top three to five lessons learned about implementing these tools? Number one, test before you launch. (laughs) That would definitely be the top tool. Number two, plan your process. Have it mapped out, whether you do it on a whiteboard, whether you do it you know, on a Word doc, it doesn't matter how it's mapped, if it's a flow chart or if it's paragraphs. Just make sure you have your step-by-step. Number three, I would say know the capabilities, know the power of the tool so that you don't end up duplicating services or tools that do pretty much the same thing and you're using two different processes. Number four, make sure that you're measuring. If you're not measuring, your results and your ROI, then you're not really seeing the true savings. So it would be helpful if you're evaluating something like Monday.com to know how long from start to finish X project takes you or Y project takes you. That 
way you have a baseline to know if you're improving. And then lastly, I would say, if you're not sure, ask, right? It's okay to ask for help. I'm not an IT expert, but I am a monday.com expert. If you're not a Canva expert, ask someone who is. We're not really wired to know everything about everything. So ask for help when you need it. That's good advice. You know, one of the things that I found is I'm doing a lot more of this these days, whether it's asking AI different questions or just asking Google, whatever you want to do, just asking questions like, can Canva whatever thing is you're trying to do, or what's the best tool to use for whatever? Just asking more questions of the tools, of the capabilities, so that I can just do a better job with stuff. Because the more we grow, the one thing that I lose all the time is time. Something is trying to take my time all the time. And the bigger you get, this doesn't ease up. Even if you hire people around you, there are bigger, better problems that you're dealing with. And there's more of those. It's just different things that take your time as you grow. And unless you hire somebody to literally do everything in your life, you're going to need tools and things to make life easier. That's a big thing for me. You know, one of the final tips I'll throw out there and then give it to you for last words is I found, and I alluded to this earlier earlier, one of the biggest challenges is getting your team on board. One of the things that I saw that was really good at Tony Robbins and other different companies I've worked with was a lot of times when they would do a rollout of something, they grabbed like the top performers on the team in that area and would test with a small group, then they were able to come back and share the results with the bigger team. So if you have dozens or hundreds or thousands of salespeople or whatever it may be, it's very difficult to roll out something like that across the board without measured results. So that you can say, we took our top five salespeople who are all doing a million dollars a year, and now they're doing four and a half million a year each. And then people go, well, how did they do that? I want a part of that and I'll do what it takes to do that. But if you're just like, hey, we're rolling out the new sales force and you're all going to do it, then 25% of the people aren't even going to figure out how to log in. They're just going to be like, make me. Yeah, it'll be like herding cattle. Definitely have been there, done that in a more sort of commercialized setting where there was 35 of us and they rolled out a new tool and it was like, basically here, use it. I would say from what I've learned in rolling out tools to teams, what works best for me is A, like you said, testing with a small group. But when you actually do roll it out, make sure that you have the training and support. Not everybody is as tech savvy. Uh, Your top performer might be a top performer because they're good on the phones. They might not know how to use Windows. So you also have to kind of evaluate the different skill sets and savviness of those salespeople. For example, if you think that there are going to be a few that are going to have trouble, create little demo videos and show them how to do certain tasks in there so that they don't feel overwhelmed and don't have to go grab a manager to figure out how to change a status on a column. Send everybody through the training and then hopefully they'll come out with far less questions and be able to pick up where they left off in their sales process. I remember this funny story. I was part of the digitization of the Army's Intel systems. We had these giant TVs that we would take out into the field with us. There was this big screen right in front of this general and he got so mad at it one day. He was like, the icons are not where they're supposed to be. I want everybody to take all the icons off the screen and I want some sticky notes. And so he had this $4,000 TV in front of him and he had these little sticky notes that he was moving because he was like, I'm just done with it. I'm done with it and I'm not going to do this anymore. He was yelling at the screen all the time and it was just the funniest thing. That's a great example. Talk about going back. You've now got a... $5,000 map doing the job of a $4 map. Okay. 
you know, that's what we have going on here. It was just too funny. Any final thoughts for folks? I know we've hit lessons learned. I know we've hit a lot of good stuff. I don't know if you've got any final thoughts on the way out here today. I would just say, again, reiterating before you implement a tool, make sure you know its power and look at where else in your business you can use it because chances are whether you've been around for one year or 20, you're able to save time with some of the options out here. And I know for those government contractors who are small businesses, there is something to be said if you don't have a color team of automating your proposal process. Making sure that you check every box and you don't skip anything is super important. Great advice. Thank you for coming on and talking about this today. Your wealth of information, not just in this, this is one area where you're definitely an expert in. And uh, just for full transparency for folks, you know, Ashley is one of the coaches on our team. She coaches folks, whether they're startup or been in business for a long time on who buys what you sell, how they buy what you sell, the strategy, implementing some of this stuff and a whole lot more. This is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. I can't wait for our next conversation. Me either. Thanks for having me again. Talk to you soon. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.